Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the Amazon.com or Fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Orr fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson. Back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over to Rossi. It's loose, and Bergeron scores! Patrice Bergeron! Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for episode 59 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast in partnership with Grandstand Sports Network. That's right. We have a new partnership. Uh, the website Grandstand Sports Network uh, went live this past Monday, and we are happy to be partners with them. Uh, very exciting times for this uh, particular website uh, as they're, uh, they're, they're ready to make a stamp on the uh, sports media. Uh, they're located in the Buffalo area and reached out to us uh, to be partners because they want to expand the brand of podcasts and uh, website content. So we're happy to be uh, involved with them. Um, Got to welcome back my boy, Rob Tomlin. Um, Rob, how is everything? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. Just two weeks away, nice and chilled out, not really doing too much. Uh, I think it's the best two weeks ever, just for the relaxation. So right. It's been good. No, you definitely, definitely deserved it. Yeah, then a week at work, and then a <laughs> game yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been hectic since we've got back, so right. It's good to finally get back on the show. No, it's good, and we're glad to have you. But uh, more importantly, we're glad that you uh, had a great time with your lady friend. So that's really All cool. Right. Uh, how how is Poland? Is it beautiful? 
Oh yeah, absolutely beautiful. Nice. Um, just so relaxing and calm. Yep. Definitely what I needed. Very good. Um, our, our other co-host, uh, Court Lalonde, uh, could not be with us today. He is um, enjoying a three-day weekend um, Canadian holiday. So um, in his absence, I've offered um, my friend Jesse Gaunt uh, to uh, come on the show and, and drop some Bruins knowledge. Jesse uh, is a co-host of the Spoked Bee uh, podcast. I believe I said that right. Um, Jesse, how, oh, good. Jesse, how are you? And welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. We've been uh, we've been lacking in content on our end, so uh, I'm pretty excited to be joining with you guys today. Excellent, awesome. Um, uh, th- th- I mean, there's really not. I don't think we've been, we've done a show in a couple of weeks, but uh, in that time frame, and there's been enough news to to get together and, and talk some bees um, for a little while. And um, let me just start off by uh, like dropping. Um, uh, some hits on the Ryan Spooner um, extension. Uh, he signed a one-year deal worth uh, $2.8 million. He avoided the arbitration. Um, I believe it was, uh, last time I read, it was about six hours before they were actually set to go into the meeting. And, um, yeah, and, and they came to a deal. Now, the reports were $3.8 million was the high asking price for Ryan Spooner's camp. And uh, Bruins management uh, reportedly came in at two, but they met halfway, about halfway at 2.8. Uh, Jesse, I'm curious on, on your thoughts about the Spooner extension, and um, was it a good one? It's a little strange to me just because he was a player that a lot of people were talking about having been traded. And just for me, I, I feel like I've seen enough of him. You know, he's going to be, what, 24, 25 years old when the season starts, and he's kind of, I think he's had his time as one of those young guys that, like, we're really excited about, and now he just kind of is what he is. But at the same time, I mean, this team is still so young, and I think having that youth, you know, if he's going to be, like, a third-line center, if that's what it is, then I, I think I'm okay with it for another year. And, you know, if he puts it together and finally becomes the player that I think a lot of people think he should have been maybe a year or two earlier... Maybe it works out. Maybe he gets a long-term deal, whether it's here or whether it's somewhere else. Or maybe he's trade bait at the deadline. If the Bruins need another defenseman or if they need, you know, maybe a younger winger that they're more excited about than Spooner. I mean, who knows? But I'm not – I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Rob, what do you think? I I think it was a good sign. And I I was saying on Twitter I was expecting around the 3.5 for one year. Um I just think, honestly, it's a cheap deal when you look at some of the players from last season, what their contracts were and their point production compared to Spooner's. Um, it's just he does put up points when he's played right. And I think uh, I was I was talking to a few people on Twitter and I said he, he put up, what was it, 48 points last season? Yep. I think. Yeah, 48 points with... Bolesky holding onto one hand, and then Jimmy Hayes holding onto the other hand. <laughs> I mean, if you can think of any two bigger anchors on the Bruins last season, uh, I'm not sure. Um, but you you put Spooner with his excellent skating with two fast wingers next season. I mean, he's gonna do well, right? Um, 
and I'm sure we'll talk about possible line combinations later, but some of the players that he could be playing with uh, are unbelievable and look like they could really put up points in the NHL. So I, I just honestly think it, it's a good deal. It's a it's obviously a prove-me bridge deal. Yep. I don't think they're going to trade him because they were talking too much about trying to make him that two-way centre. Um and the Bruins believe they can develop him into something. He's only 24 years old. so Yeah, he's 25. So, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. And, and, and way to touch on uh, his line mates and, and to call them out, too, because uh, obviously he was the, the point getter on that, on that line most of the time. And I believe most of those points did come on the power play, too, because he was, you know, he was that uh, half-wall type player. Um, that survive type role um, and you know a good passer point producer in the power play so to me I do agree and and for those who who say boycott any podcast that talk about trading Spooner well see ya um, I don't I, I have I see value in both sides of the coin with Spooner I, I see him as a as a as a good depth player um, on the third line uh, and I also see him as a good trade chip, um, and that's I, I look at the player and business. So um, as a one-year deal, yeah, it's cheap. You're going to have to audition for you know, like you said, Rob, it's going to be like a, a bridge deal type of scenario um, where you have to audition and you have to show your best to if you want to get a second chance on this team. And and if he does, I, I'm definitely um, on board for a signing. You know, a, a, maybe a three maybe a five-year deal, um, you know, no more than 3.5, three, uh, maybe $4 million, you know, because the cap space is going to happen in the future with Chara going down $4 million and and others that are going to be, um, uh, you know, contracts expired. So um, I, I like I, I like the player, and I like his uh, his his asset. So I'm on both sides of it. And you got to think Krejci and Bergeron aren't getting any younger and what, exactly do we have in the pipeline center wise that right. looks like they're going to be a even a second line center at this rate i mean everyone's talking about jfk um he played one game in the nhl yeah uh i he he kind of he, he played that unselfish role during that one game and everyone said he looked like a ghost but to me he just did all the little things right he He's not going to go out there first game and just try and put up points like it's nothing. He he played a good, solid defensive game that game, but at the same time, you don't know what you've got with him. The same as every prospect that everyone's talking about playing in the NHL this season. You don't know what you've got with any of them because none of them have played in the NHL game. So it, yeah. it's, it's a tough one to sit through is this offseason. Well, that's a great segue into my next question, and and I'm going to talk about it until it happens. Um, but now we have Jesse uh, on from the uh, Spoke Beat podcast, so I'm going to ask him. Um, David Pasternak signing, um, the delay, uh, I, does it worry you at all? Are you freaking out yet? Are you climbing to the top of your house trying to find the highest window and jump, or are you more relaxed and calm and you know the rfa um rules do you think it's going to happen and if so when 
Yeah, I'm not worried about it at all. I think if he was going to get an offer sheet from another team, it would have happened by now. I mean, let's there. There's no two ways about it. He's one of the best young players in the league, and I mean, you're probably going to get him on a reasonable deal for the next, you know, I want to say, four or five years. So I think I wasn't there something going around that that Sweeney had said when the offseason started if any team had thrown an offer sheet out there that they were going to match. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. so I think no matter what, they're, they're going to match. And even, like, there, there was some talk about him getting the same kind of deal that I think it was someone on Edmonton. I can't remember who the name was. It was Leon Dreisaitl. That's it, Leon yeah, because he, he was looking for somewhere in the neighborhood, I think, of, like, six or seven million, and that was something that, that, that was, like, a comparable to what Pasternak might get. Which, I mean, for his ability, I think, is somewhat warranted. His age is, uh, you know, that, that's a little, might be a little much given his age. But, yeah, I, I the one thing I look at is that when Tory Krug was a restricted free agent, I think his deal didn't get done until just before training camp or during training camp. So, if, if that's the barometer, I, I'm not worried about it at all. We know it's going to get done. Well, the thing is, they have until December. December first. Deal done. Yeah, I mean, there's no point in rushing. Why? Like, I, I don't get when when people say, "Oh, just get the deal done, give him what he wants." No, <laughs> because that's not how you do business. Right. If you had, to, if you did that with him, you'd have to do it for everybody else, and and that could, yeah. and and the Bruins are already a high cap ceiling fr- franchise, so you know. Yeah. But continue. And, I mean. They are waiting on the Leon Dreisaitl contract, and the talk was that um, Dreisaitl was going to get around, I think it was nine, nine million, eight to nine million was the the rumor for it, and I think that's why David Passanet's camp is waiting to see what goes on. Uh, but at the same time, I, I honestly think this is going to be like five and a half, six to six and a half, like in between five and a half and six and a half and there's going to be people who say it's too expensive and people say it's it's an absolute steal but you've just got to wait like you can't you can't get frustrated about these things now and have to wait four months getting angrier every day right just just let it happen it's going to happen it's hockey this happens to every single team every single season so I mean look how long it took um Johansson from Predators to get his deal done this season. Yep. That took quite a while. And he's first line centre, great player, just come off a Stanley Cup final. I mean but just wait and see what happens. And yeah. the Bruins are always doing this where where they wait and wait and wait, so Yeah, exactly. I, I mean sorry, Mark, I just if if you don't mind No, um, go ahead. Didn't it take a while for Jacob Truba's deal to be done with Winnipeg last year because I know he was uh, his name was floated out there in the rumor mill for the Bruins for months. Yeah. Well, well, and he, then he I, didn't get signed until the season had started. It was I think th- two or three weeks into the season. Yes, before he actually got signed to and, his contract. And his his deal his deal was um, not not contract deal. His 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 emotions were uh, based on playing time. He wasn't getting. Um, to yeah. a top six role in the, on the defensive core, and that's why he really wasn't uh, interested in in um, coming back after his entry level deal was over. But as they went through and they started to break the team apart a little bit, 
uh, Truba signed with the expectations of uh, a higher role, and he got that role last season. So uh, obviously uh, the, the the Jets and the Truba camp are happy with what's going on, and I could definitely see them uh, getting back to the to, to the uh, bargaining table um, sooner rather than later. But uh, no, it's a good point on on how to gauge. Uh, on how RFAs uh, go and how long it can actually take, um, but you're, you know, uh, I believe uh, did he, did Truba play through the season or did he hold out? That's one thing he I held, don't. It held out yeah. at the beginning. Okay, he didn't play the first. I think it was like five or six games. Yeah, I think it was then, six games he missed. Okay, yeah, and then when he finally when he finally played, he played top four minutes. Right. So, yeah. Definitely so, a good way of getting playing time. So um, the past and that, let's just uh, we we've touched on money. Um, how about term? I I I hear everything from six years to eight years, which is uh, now the league max for uh, collective bargaining agreement. The most recent one um, is eight years good for you guys? Uh, That's no. fine with me. I don't. I don't like eight-year deals because look at Mark Savard's contract. Right. Um, and I don't want... Because you can only have so many people on injured reserve. And if anything was to happen to a player, I wouldn't want it lingering around. Especially if it's going to be around six million. Um, so I'd prefer like the five or six, I think. And then deal from there if he's going to be a big superstar later on down the line then pay him later on but you, you don't want to have years looming over you where you've got to play someone who's not even going to play hockey so but i'm always worrying about this the, the cap situation so yeah same that's here my side of things same here yeah. uh jesse what do you think about term so i totally get where rob's coming from and i like i definitely respect that argument but at the same time i i would be okay with an eight-year deal just because i mean posternock's what 21 or going to be 21 when the season starts so you're locking him up for most of the prime of his career and then you're gonna have a chance you know if he pans out the way everyone thinks he's going to and the way that he's looked you're gonna have an elite goal scorer for many many years and if you're getting him at five six million when leon dreisaitl could make seven or eight and Connor McDavid's making like 12 or whatever it is. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't think that's the worst deal in the world and I'm willing to take a risk like that for a player like Pasternak because again, I mean, I think we can all agree that he's one of the more exciting young players in the league Yeah, and he yeah. put up 30 goals last year and the 30 goal scores don't fall off trees, especially with the Bruins. I mean, you look at their oh, history, yeah. they haven't had a lot of 30 goal scores, you know, score that many goals consistently, you know, in consecutive seasons or whatever you want to call it. But for the type of player he is and, you know, for the the offensive production that he brings, I think uh, an eight-year deal would be warranted. The question is, no movement clause or not. Yeah, that's that's a touchy situation for me, too. Yeah. I I think with Pasternak, it would be a no movement clause, like a full no movement clause for the first five years, um, which I don't mind because, like I said, there's... There's not really much risk, and if he did get injured, I'm sure he'd waive it. Right. If it was a Mark Savard case, so um, I I wouldn't mind, like I was saying, five or six years. But why not give him bonus, 
like objectives for the season. Like if you score thirty goals or more, you get extra. Right. If you like, they did with Jerome McGinley, didn't they? Yeah, he they scored d- the thirtieth on the last game of the season. Yeah, and that was five million dollars of incentives. That was yeah. all cap capable and and kind of um, put the Bruins in a buckle that uh, the next year. So, yeah. um, I was talking to uh, Kevin Weeks, uh, former uh, uh, National Hockey League goaltender, on the Tweet Machine uh, recently because uh, he was on NHL Tonight on the NHL Network, and he was explaining that um, players. Um, that coming through Boston are being just basically escorted out. I mean, young talent, um, the Sagans, the you know the Hamiltons, and blah blah blah. I mean, you need to make those deals, whether it was a good or bad. But um, his point was, you have a superstar in David Pasternak, so um, don't let this one go through the fingers as as players of the past. But um, you know, he does say to to fans to be patient. Um, and and a deal will get done because it would be ridiculous if the Bruins walked away from David Pasternak. Yeah. So um, I got to get. I want to get Kevin Weeks on this show and talk about um, some of the Rask hate that goes on in the, in this city. But that's for another another episode. Um, moving forward, uh, uh, some coaches were were named um, in the Bruins organization. Um, they. The Baby Bees, Providence Bruins, finally got their head coach nailed down. Uh, Jay Leach is going to take over for the uh, job that uh, Kevin Dean had, uh, the bench boss of the Baby Bees. And uh, Spencer Carberry is going to be the assistant coach. Uh, Trent Whitfield is also retaining his assistant coach uh, position. And this one was interesting to me because I got all excited. And I know, uh, Rob, we've talked about this, and I, I'm, I'm really – uh, excited to get Jesse's opinion on this too, as a as a new uh, guest to the show. Um, Mike Dunham came, comes in as the goaltending development coach. I was really excited when I heard that. I mean, it was like Christmas to me. Just for the fact is that in previous years, um, I I just go back in my research about five years. There has not been a steady, permanent goaltending coach in Providence. In that time of my research, so yeah. tells me. I look into it. I talk. I contact Jimmy Murphy, which is a, a one of my good uh, contacts for kind of inside news. And I talked to a couple of other people, and they've all said that before the the Monday um, uh, post came out, the official post. I I wanted to know where his role was going to be, and these guys told me it's not a permanent position. He will be with the Bruins. He will be with the Providence Bruins. He'll be down in Atlanta to check on Dan Vladar, and he'll be across the country, uh, you know, checking out Jeremy Swayman and so on. So I, when, once I found that out, I was kind of disappointed. Because my disappointment comes, and, and I know a, a bunch of Providence Bruins fans that are season ticket holders and, 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 and passionate, passionate fans have said the same thing in their concerns. So... My question to you guys, do you guys think if Dunham was a permanent coach and he was around for a couple of years, do you think that Zane McIntyre would have had a better rookie season in the AHL? 
which which obviously last season was just mind blowing his effort. And what about Malcolm Subban in the three years that he's been on an entry level deal with the Providence Bruins? Do you think the tutelage of of a former NHL player that's there all the time and and that buddy system, you know, the code, the goaltender guild, whatever? Do you think if he was there? Subban, McIntyre, and future uh, Bruins could be a lot better in the in goaltender position. Um, I'm going to let Jesse get this one first. Go ahead, Jesse. So, We're rolling the dice. So I, I think this kind of goes without saying, really, in any sport. But if you've got coaches that are there consistently, I think it you know it only works to your benefit. We've we've raised a lot of questions about Malcolm Subban, and that was the first thing that I thought of when you mentioned the goaltending situation in Providence, because he's been in the organization what five years now, going on six, I believe. Uh, this was three years. Three, wasn't he? When was he drafted? I thought it was twenty twelve. Yeah, it was twenty twelve, but he played one one full season in, at, with the Belleville Bill, Bulls before coming to the um, American Hockey League. You're right. I'm sorry. I was thinking back to when he was drafted. So. Yeah. But, but in any case, he hasn't – I mean, he was a first-round pick, if I remember right. Yep. And the rule of thumb, at least for me, is that you just don't take a goalie in the first round unless you're drafting, like, Ken Dryden or, like, Martin Brodeur or whatever it is. But he just hasn't lived up to his billing. And I always wondered if that was something – if that had something to do with the, the coaching down in Providence. Now, I admittedly don't know as much about the Providence Bruins as I would like to think that I do about, you know, the parent club. But – you know, I would just think that if you had a guy that was there all the time, it would probably help. But then you look at McIntyre and the season that he put together last year. I mean, he had that that streak of what, like ten games that he won in a row or whatever it was. And I mean, he just he was on fire. And then he came up here to Boston and he put together a few solid games. So I, overall, like I said, I think it would help. But I, I think at some point you just kind of have to evaluate the player's talents and just maybe it's, you know, not being put together for him. I, I'd, I'd like to think that I would know this, but I, I you know, I'm, that's why I'm a fan. <laughs> oh, more or less, that's why we have you on, you know what I mean? Just to hear a fan's opinion, you know, so it's, it's, it's respected. Rob? Um, I, I think the goaltending would be better, um, I have my feelings with Malcolm Subban that it's him, not the whole coaching situation. I think he's a bit of a selfish player. Um, I mean, we we saw the videos from uh, training camp, uh, smashing his stick on the floor during a drill. Yeah, it's uh, if you're going to get frustrated during a drill, then during a game you're going to lose your head a lot more. Oh. That's- um, so I think that's more down to him than the coaching. Right. Um, but like you said, Zane McIntyre, I mean, he could be a lot better than he is if he had a coach there permanently. Um, Daniel Valadar as well, a young goalie. could He could become a really good goaltender with a good coaching. Um, and then you look at, you look at what they're going to do now with with drafting because they brought Swayman in uh, are they going to go after another goaltender anytime soon with having four prospects in the pipeline um, it's difficult to tell but I, I'm I'm a huge fan of goaltending in the NHL uh, both me and Mark play play as a goalie so I mean 
I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I, I watched a short documentary on Jonathan Quick, and I know when he was coming up as a rookie goaltender, he had a one-on-one permanent coach. And I mean, look at that! What that's done for him. Right. I mean, he's a he's an absolute freak athlete, but um, coaching can do really well. But it it's just how they go about it. If it's group coaching and he's up and down the road all the time, like you said, and he's not going to be there a hundred percent, then maybe it's more of a hindrance than a help. Right. Um, I... it, it's difficult to tell. I think it's going to be more next season. We'll see where the goaltending's at. Uh, and I think the Bruins will do the same. They'll look at um, making him permanent if the goaltending improves. If it, if the goaltending doesn't, then he's going to have a tough time getting a job. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, with what you said about um, you know, there's there's no sample size that we've seen so far. I mean, this next year is going to be what what we get. And if it's if it's good or bad, then you know obviously the Bruins management will um, will judge that accordingly. But I mean, for for me, it's it's how uh, goaltenders are prepared, and and not having that person down there and in your ear and former pro, um, you know, on a constant basis, to me tells me that yeah, those guys down there that are coaching him are, are behind the bench. They're, they're, they're defensemen and they're they're uh, forwards that former players that. You know, they don't know much about goaltending. They probably do know a lot more uh, than I do, but, you know, how you get your information and, and your role in the past is, 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 is key to a lot of uh, development players. And, and my, my point on this whole rant that I'm going on right now is, um, is his readiness when he makes that step to the NHL. And uh, Jesse, I, I don't mean to be a jerk or anything, but I just got to go back on what you said about um, uh, Zane McIntyre and having some solid games, I didn't see it, and I believe that if he was a little more prepared at the AHL level with that constant tutelage, I think he would have been a little better than the showing that we had. And you know, to me, you didn't get a win in the NHL, and you were up here for a while. Uh, you can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna push buttons on, on. Blaming the defense, blaming it was a terrible team, this and that. I mean, you have a job to do. You're auditioning for future roles on this on this organization. And to me, I did see some good things, but I saw a lot more than bad. And especially yeah. when you look at it, how um, Zane McIntyre now has had more starts for the NHL Bruins than Malcolm Subban has, and he's been here half the time. So, I mean... That just goes to show that they're putting some faith in him. He needs to, this especially this season, when he gets a call up, which he will do. Uh, this is the season where he's got to string together some wins, or else it's going to be uh, Nicholas Fedberg all over again. Hmm. So, and I, I've seen more out of McIntyre that I've liked than I've seen out of Subban that I like. Now, granted, we haven't seen much of either at the NHL level, but I thought Mark to not, not necessarily to counter your point, but. There was one game I think uh, McIntyre started last season against Montreal in Montreal, and I'm pretty sure the Bruins lost that game. But there were some there were some moments in that game where I looked at McIntyre and the saves he was making, and I was like, okay, this this guy kind of looks like he could play at the NHL level, and I just haven't seen that at all with Subban. Right. 
Well, the only game we've seen from Subban is the Nashville one, and he got scored up, uh, three goals on six shots. That was, I think uh, it was. St. Louis. St. Louis. Oh, I thought it was Nashville. And the, night, um, and the night before, they were playing Edmonton, which Tukaraz started. So yeah. that's a, a bit uh, tough one to swallow for me. That was a bad well, it, decision. Yeah, we there talked about that... it. Oh, sorry, Ron, go ahead. Sorry, we, we we talked about the McIntyre start in um, Montreal last season, and I actually called that because I said they'd throw him to the Wolves and give him the uh, Montreal start. Right. Because if you're going to audition for a backup role in the Bruins, uh, playing a rivalry game is probably one of your best ways to go about winning the fans over. Good point. Uh, don't win the, If you don't win the fans over, you're going to end up like Jimmy Hayes. So. It's, it's funny because I'm watching Jimmy Hayes right now on the NHL Network. <laughs> oh, dear God. What, is he, is he no, for a job with the <laughs> No, he's, he, uh, he's uh, talking it up with his brother Kevin uh, at the house in, um, in, I believe it's Charlestown, Mass. Uh, so begging for a job with the New York Rangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's one of those, uh, I think it's a Behind the Bee episode, but... He's uh, going to have a real struggle ahead of him this season <laughs> to get some playing time with anybody. Oh, yeah. Not so, signed. Yeah. Um, all right, so the, we got the coaches. Uh, we talked about pasta. We talked about spoons. Um, so, th- I mean, some decent positive talk. And, and now I'm going to drop it down a notch to a topic that I'm actually really not thrilled about. But um, Bruins owner Jeremy Jacobs uh, in the news and it wasn't for um, anything good. Um, apparently, three kids uh, dug up some, three school children, mind you, dug up some information about um, TD Garden and the Jacobs ownership and said that they have not obligated their time or money to fundraising that was agreed upon when the TD Garden, before the TD Garden was built. Okay. That's 24 years ago. These kids dug this information up, and they, they you know, it, and the, fun, the fundraising was for community funds. It was to build the sport around the community, whether it be uh, a new hockey rank, upgrades, or whatever. So, I mean, there was supposed to be some good things happening out of this, and it didn't happen. So, um, they, the, the city, to me, was... This was just um, this is a fa- fascinating topic because I can't wrap my head around it. Three kids in school figured this out, but city officials for 24 years could could not you know turn their back and say, "Excuse me, w- you know where's our help?" So I I, I don't get it, and I kind of have a feeling that this is the way he got into the damn Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know what I mean. He just like. I don't know. I don't get it. I, I I honestly think it was kind of one of those incentives where he was he said, "Oh, uh, we'll we'll help around the community and we'll build hockey rinks and we'll do teaching and blah blah blah." And then they say that five years before the TD Garden never gets built, and then once it's built, everyone's forgot that it was said. Right. Um, you you got to remember how many like documents of contracts must be sealed away in a tube in a box in just 
in the middle of nowhere that no one ever looks at again because they think, oh, it's 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 signed, it's official. Like the person who got that document signed up might have retired like two years later <laughs> before the TD Garden was ever built, right? And no one even knew about it. Um, it's just one of them things. I I honestly think. I think he gets a, a worse rep than he should do sometimes. I'm, I'm not saying he's a nice person, um, but at the same time, I, I think some things get blown out of the water. Um, you know how the Boston media are, yeah. um, especially when it comes to sports. So I, I think, honestly, he'll start to put more effort into doing more fundraising. Uh, now that this has been found. So it, it could be a good thing for the city of Boston now because you're going to get more out of it in the modern day than you would have back when TD Garden was built. So, Jesse, your thoughts on the uh, on the recent news about Jeremy Jacobs? I mean, he's only going to do something when he's caught with his pants down, and in this case, that's exactly what happened. I mean, do you guys remember... He, he was pretty much the champion of the salary cap yeah. uh, when that was introduced after the 0405 lockout. And I'm not saying this is the reason for any of what I'm about to say, but I think it had something to do with it. I remember early in the 0708 season that famous Milan Lucic hit on Mike Ryan through the glass. You look at the stands, and it looks like there's maybe 200 people in the entire building. And then after that, they started spending to the cap and started getting players in there. So it wasn't until attendance was down so low that they did that. So I can't say I'm surprised that this happened. And I also find it funny that the Bruins, like the players, do so much for charity. Like they go visit kids at hospitals and they, they, go, to, they go to China to promote hockey in China. And it's just the owner should be doing more as not the face of the team, but the guy who pretty much everyone else answers to, and the fact that he's not doing it is just pathetic. Yeah, the um, the the thing for me uh, is is you know it, it's sad that it, it had to come down to this. Um, you know, twenty four years. Uh, some reports. I'm not. I'm not saying they were confirmed, but some reports said that uh, they with dues and penalties and blah 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 uh, that they could. Um, uh, could have paid up towards of uh, fourteen million dollars, but um, other and then you know as the news got a little more popular, that number obviously went down. But uh, the Bruins settled with the city for a one point six million dollar uh, settlement, so the city did get some money uh, that was deserved. But honestly, I didn't think it was enough when uh, you're trying to to build the the hockey product in this area. And New England's been a hockey uh, hotbed you know, since the late 1800s, you know? So, I mean, it, 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 the growth of the game is important, and it obviously starts with your professional teams because that's when, you know, you're going to get attraction from kids and, and families and so on to, 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 you know, play the best sport, in my opinion, in the world. So, um, I mean, good good that they got some money, but still, I just think it was kind of a, uh, a scummy thing to do, if I could say that, you know? But, um yeah. Uh, you know, and and then the Hall of Fame. The, the Hall of Fame with Jeremy Jacobs kind of bothers me because I don't know how he <laughs> got in as a builder. He, you know, he, as a builder, fine. That's a great category. A lot of um, um, former, I mean, you know, owners and 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 people in management get th- those honors. Um, but I, I personally, 
And I know this guy didn't have a huge career as a Bruin, but he he broke a barrier. And 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 my opinion is I'd rather see Willie O'Ree get you know a Hockey Hall of Fame induction over an owner that is pretty much like Montgomery Burns. You know, yeah. so and O'Ree deserves it. Yeah, I mean he he. He had six points in his NHL career. You know what I mean? He didn't play many games. I understand that, but it's it's that color barrier. In 1958, he was the first, not only Bruin, but he was the first black player to play in the NHL. And at that time in Boston, I mean, if you guys do your research, man, the, the, the racial divide was huge back then in this city. And, yeah. you know... Um, I just think that a player like that, a man like that, and and not only his his legacy, you know, as a person, but what he does now. I mean, this guy constantly goes out and promotes um, himself and and his his cause to for players of, of racial um, ethnics to to go out and play and 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 feel pride in who you are and what you're doing, and not um, you know take anything seriously when somebody calls you a, a certain name or anything like that you know just brush it off and continue your life you know so yeah. thoughts on the hockey hall of fame uh good bad or indifferent uh jesse well i mean in terms of jacobs himself or do you mean just the, the hall of fame in general uh jacobs and his in his uh, role oh i think it's a total joke yeah. I, I think you're you're letting greed get in over anything else and is that what you want as a staple of the game because to me that's what Jacobs represents is just greed good point um I think I'm I'm out of topics we are at about 45 minutes you guys got anything else any news that um I might have passed up on that you guys want to touch I, I on I was going to um ask why is everyone talking about the lack of depth at left wing on the Bruins when they have the exact same situation on the right wing. That's a great point, and I don't see it. I, I, me personally, I'm looking at Cap Friendly right now. Um, you got Pasta that can play the right side and uh, and left. Uh, you got Petrano that can play the left. You got Spooner that can play the left. Valeski can play the left, and obviously Marshan. I, I'm, I'm pretty lost on on the depth right there. I mean, obviously Spooner coming back to that one year deal helps it out, but um, for, for me, it's the right side. Yeah. I see, pa I, I, I see Pasternak, I see Riley Nash and I see David Backus listed as, um, as wingers that can play, um, right versatile. Oh, who's, who's the guy the Bruins signed from, um, who's he playing for last season? Kenny Denver Agostino. Again. Agostino. Yeah. See how I, I got it mixed up the other day. Someone was talking about it, and I said Andre Ghetto, but that's the guy who plays for the Habs, I think. Um, yeah, Agostino is uh, an interesting one for that third line role next season. If he makes um, it. AHL MVP. Yeah, yep. Who? Interesting question. Uh, who used to be on the Bruins but was an AHL MVP? Um, Frank Petrano. <laughs> Koklachev. Oh, <laughs> he's bringing back the Coco. <laughs> Woof! Oh. Forgot all about that. <laughs> and don't forget, this is an interesting fact. That I always remind people about Koklachev. Bruins on his rights. 
for whenever he decides to come back to the NHL. And apparently yes. he's doing pretty good in Europe. Yes. So, Do you want to know how I figured that out? How? He was listed as a non-protected player for the expansion draft. Uh, and that's when I was yeah. like, oh, they still have him. I know. I'm a I'm a research geek when it comes to Bruins hockey or or hockey history and that one got between my fingers because I thought that after last season uh, he'd be done but apparently he's got uh, another year um uh, another year or two of Bruins property not like me when I was trying to find out where that fourth round draft pick <laughs> right, went right the other week yeah <laughs> for those that don't know it was kind of an inside joke but I I spent about what was it? Three days trying to figure out where a draft pick came from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to work out why we moved down the table and didn't make a trade, but then I realized we traded our pick away, so it was all good. <laughs> uh, you touched on Agostino, and and some people are just so excited for him, and and rightfully so. I mean, the kid is a dynamic player at the AHL level. I he yeah. remind he he. I just have a. Uh, a haunting reminder, and I'm not saying he's bad, but I, I I get Frank Petrano every time I think about this kid. Frank was a great, great player in the American Hockey League and has yet to find a two-way game in the NHL or any consistency. So I don't honestly see Agostino making the team. And, and he, he has to make the team because if he doesn't, he's now waiver eligible. Yeah. So, I um, mean... Yeah, but you you can send him down halfway through preseason. It won't be claimed. Like, right. He can't be claimed. So, right. I mean, he, he probably is going to start the year off in Providence, but I wouldn't be too surprised if he didn't see some last time with the Bruins this year. Um, I think he was playing for St. Louis last season. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was more or less with the Chicago Wolves of the American yeah. Hockey League, which is their uh, AHL affiliate. But I mean, hey, I. All the power to him. If he comes out and impresses, and I'm going to be at training camp uh, for a majority of the rookie camp and training camp, so um, I'll get first-hand looks on, on to see how he does and so on. But um, I hope for the best. I really do. I always do for any any player that dons the jersey. But, uh, you know, I just I, – I, I, I set myself at, to comparables. So, like, you know, who was explosive in the AHL but then didn't do much in the NHL. So, you know what I'm saying? I kind of gauge yeah. where that is. Comparables. And, yeah. yeah. I'm but, not I'm not um, hating on anybody or any player for that. I, mean, I like Frank Petrano. I just like to see him play better. Also, you've just lied about the whole uh, wishing the best for anyone who puts the sport beyond. You are not a fan of Ronaldo whatsoever. He's gone. <laughs> and Jordan Caron. Yeah, they're both gone, though. Yeah, but you you hated them when they were here. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. I, I I couldn't stand Ronaldo or that giving up a third round because we definitely yes. could have taken a, a goaltender this year on that pick. Just like you know, you guys you guys don't even want to get me started on Ronaldo. <laughs> so I, I live in Philadelphia, so all of my friends are Flyers fans, and oh. I did not hear the end of that, and I still haven't heard the end of it. And it's it's every time I think about it, it just makes my blood boil. You're in yeah. Philly? What's that? You're in Philly? Yeah, man. I, I, thought, I thought you knew that. No, I thought you were in Boston, man. <laughs> no, dude, I'm in Philly. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's nice having you on. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that, that's cool. I, I, I swear, I thought you were 
Um, I, so you grew up in the in Pennsylvania? Yeah. So the story goes, I I was born and raised in Philadelphia, but my dad is from Boston. Ah, okay. He moved here in '87, I think, okay. and then the rest is history. Okay. So when Directv became a thing. He was buying the NFL package, the the baseball and the basketball, and he actually he was one of those Bruins fans that um, kind of boycotted the team after after I think it was the ninety or ninety one Cup final. I can't remember which okay. which year they were in it, but he just got fed up with them not making the moves for that quote unquote goal scorer that they needed, and so he abandoned the team. And then I got into hockey on my own, and so of, of course. Being that I followed the the Patriots and the Red Sox and the Celtics already, I you know obviously I gravitated towards the Bruins. So I started buying the hockey packages when I was in freaking middle school using money that I made from a working at a music store. So <laughs> I he what was it? I think it was the 2010 playoffs. He started watching again, and it was right like at the beginning of that Flyer series. So I remember oh. watching Game Seven. And just watching it all unfold, and then after that, he kind of looked at me, and he was just like, this is what it's like being a Bruins fan. (laughs) He goes, they're just good enough to get into the playoffs, but they're not good enough to get further. And then the next year, when they won the Cup, I looked at him, and I was like, it was kind of good to be a Bruins fan now, doesn't it? That's awesome. That's a really cool story. Yeah, he's been back on ever since. So, you know, I kind of, I guess you could say I brought him back, which is kind of nice. Awesome. But, yeah, so that's the story. That is awesome. Alright. We have no Patreon questions this week. I reached out on Wednesday and nobody, nobody, I answered them. So no Patreon this week. Uh, I do want to acknowledge the Patreons though. Got to give a huge shout out to Rhonda, Anthony, Vin, Beyond the Blade Podcast, Hollis, Court, and Mike. Um, Definitely thank you so much for your contributions to the show. Um, and another thing is we are worldwide. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and as I said in the beginning of the show, uh, we are now with Grandstand Sports Network. Um, so those are six great outlets to listen to the show and support us. But I really wanted to take some time, and and, and when I said we were worldwide, I keep every show I check the stats. Um, to see how we're doing and and the new contacts we're getting. And I've always gotten, you know, when we do the um, our regular season episodes, we do it weekly. I mean, we're, we're in the season. We're, we're straight through, you know, 30 weeks of, of, of hockey. And I noticed that there's always one person in Japan that is listening. So when we do four a month, I see four hits from Japan. And I finally... And it was weird. I finally got in contact with that person. And his name is Dan Brow. And he's, uh, he's, uh, service, he's in the service uh, for the United States. Uh, I'm not sure um, which. He's just, a, you know, he's serving his country. Let's put it that way. And he's, a, he's a, um, an honorable listening uh, listener. Sorry, uh, words tied up. Um, but he, he always contacts me and says, great show, love it, you guys are awesome. You really make me feel like I'm home again. And, um, and that really meant a lot to me to, to um, provide a service like this. And it's just a hobby. I mean, this is something we just love to do. But 
somebody like that who's um, you know dedicating their life for um, my, our freedom um, is uh, is a as a listener and and if we can provide any bit of um, you know good feelings about what he's doing. Yeah, through our show, um, I, I just I was blown away, and he's a great guy too. Uh, really passionate, uh, knowledgeable Bruins fan. Uh, he he gets the center ice package, I believe, and uh, watches it. Obviously, the games are you know twelve, fourteen hours ahead of us, but uh, he still does it. And uh, I just wanted to give him a shout out and and thank him for uh, the service. So thought that was kind of important. Um, yeah. Another thing I wanted to touch on real quick, because I, I, I love the prospects, is um, the World Juniors had their um, summer showcase uh, recently, and it's over now. Uh, there were four teams participating in the United States, Canada, Sweden, and Finland. And uh, there were some Bruins uh, prospects that were uh, uh, in, uh, involved. Um, obviously, 2017 uh, first-round pick, Euro Vekaninen, uh, played... I wrote an article about him yesterday and uh, some video of his injury. Uh, he took a hit uh, late in the second period and left the game um, on Saturday. I'm sorry, on Friday, and did not participate in the game yesterday and officially done for the tournament. So, um, Juna Kopanen. Oh, man, I'm tough. Bad day for words. Juna Kopanen. Oh. Had 1.5 games. Trent Frederick had 1.3 games. Uh, Oscar Steen. This kid, I watched. Yesterday was just an amazing day for, for uh, Steen and the sixth round Bruins draft pick. Had four goals yesterday. Uh, and I, I, don't, I don't understand what it is with the Bruins at the moment. But how many fourth, fifth, sixth rounders are we getting that keep putting up? Amazing. Exactly. It's something, they're doing something right. Scott Bradley and look Scott. At, look at Anders Bjork. Yep. Fifth round pick. Yep. I mean, it, it's kind of weird that a lot of our better signings a couple of years down the line are from the fifth and sixth round. So that's definitely something to pay attention to in the future. Yeah, but Steen's four goals were just unbelievable. I mean, he was just sniping. Uh, really yeah. good release. Tons of speed. Uh, really uh, helped power the. Uh, a Swedish team to a six to five overtime win over Finland yesterday. Um, did you guys catch any of that action at all uh, in, in the pre- previous week? Uh, no, I struggled to find any of the uh, NHL Network streams to be able to watch it. So, yeah, Jesse, I didn't either. No, no, I, I followed it a little bit. Actually, I followed you uh, following it. <laughs> so <laughs> right. So I was living vicariously through you, I guess. Yeah, I I, got, I had all the games on uh, on the DVR, and I just kind of yeah, that's the way I am. I just I'll watch a game for you know a game could take two and a half hours, and I'll I'll rewind, fast forward, and get five hours out of it. So um, yeah, I mean he's he's got some skill. I, I mean for an undersized player in a late round like that, um, definitely a steal. I, you could definitely going to see him in the province uh, Bruins organization sooner or later I'm, I'm really unsure of his his nhl potential because of that size but um it just seems to it seems to me that uh nowadays in the national hockey league uh big rugged you know guys aren't favored much over the small skill 
you know. Speedy so, guys. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... Speed kills in, in this modern era. Right. Really does. So, I mean, his NHL potential, it could go way beyond what I'm trying to say. So, um, yeah. um, I look forward to it. it was, I mean, the tournament was really good. That Trent Frederick uh, did well. I thought he struggled a little bit, but um, overall, I thought he had a good game. Um, and, and, and this summer showcase is for the games, the World Junior uh, stage, which is going to be played uh, in Buffalo um, in the end of, this, end of this year into January. So definitely, and, and most of these guys that I've, list, I've listed are going to be participating. Hopefully, Vekanainen uh, will, um, will play because, I mean, I don't think this injury was, was really bad, but I think it was a, a stinger that they took him out and, and was more precautionary. Yeah. Do we know where he's playing this season? He's going back because, to Finland. Ah, uh, okay. Because I, I hadn't seen anything posted about um, where he was assigned to yet. So I, yeah. I wonder what kind of deal he's going to sign out there because um, I don't know if he's going to be like a one-year player, like rolling one-year term or Most. a bit unpredictable with the... Uh, prospects most likely um you'll probably hear news about that right around the rookie training camp time where he'll probably participate yeah and then be shipped off to um to uh back to finland maybe but who knows it's all speculative yeah plus being out there he's gonna get top two pairing minutes so i mean it's all good i think it's it's only gonna make him a better defenseman because it looks like Providence are going to be a bit stacked next year. Oh, yeah. You got yeah. Lousen, Zborl, Sinitian coming up. Jesse Gabriel is going to be playing a, um, a bigger role. And I'm, I'm so pumped for Providence Bruins hockey. I really am. I can't I wait. C- I can't wait to see Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is going to be... He's going to be the Brad Marchand of the Providence <laughs> Bruins. Exactly. I guarantee it. It's going to be good. All right, well, we got... About an hour, so I think that's probably going to do it. Uh, Jesse, uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. I really appreciate it, and and uh, I gotta I gotta promote the podcast. The Smoke Bee Podcast is a fantastic uh, outlet for Bruins information. Um, the the team over there uh, have been really good to me uh, with moving our our content as um, our website um, team, um, but. Definitely give them a shout-out. Check them out on Apple iTunes. Give them a rating. Uh, they're on a bit of a summer schedule right now, but um, he tells me in the off-air show that they're going to get things rolling again. Um, Jesse, where can we find you? Can we find you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse Gaunce. Uh, my last name is spelled G-A-U-N-C-E. Um, you can like the Spokey Podcast on Facebook. Uh, we also have a Twitter account at the Spoke to Be Pod. Um, I'm trying to think, we're all like you said, we're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, um, and we also have an email address. I mean, we really don't use it all that often, but we did one time get a nice email from a guy who lives in Australia who listens to the show. So when you were talking about the Japan thing, that's what it made me think of. Yeah. Um, so you can shoot us an email if you'd like at the Spoke to Be Podcast at Gmail dot com. And, uh, Mark, again, I, I really appreciate you guys bringing me on. I've been chomping at the bit to start talking hockey again because we're kind of in the dog days of summer, and now the, you know, the NFL is kind of dominating the news. And yeah. 
just to, to talk hockey is kind of refreshing because no one's really thinking about it in August. So again, thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I, I really enjoy uh, your tweets uh, when you talk hockey. Um, and, and you mean you don't enjoy my tweets when I talk about anything else? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am full-bred born hockey, so I, uh, I don't do the football, I don't do the baseball, but once I see Bruins, man, I, I move people aside and who's talking hockey, you know what I mean? So... Uh, I hear that. Yeah, no, once hockey starts, I'm kind of that same way, too. There so you go. You and yeah. I will be talking a lot during the season. Nice. Yeah, a fantastic follow. Please follow Jesse. Please go to the Spoke Bee Pod and, and, and subscribe to them. They do a fantastic program. Rob, nice to have you yeah. back. Nice to have you back. Oh, it's, it's been so good. Yeah. It's and flo- the only problem is it's flown by. It feels like 10 minutes. So. <laughs> it always does, yeah. my friend. Yeah, it's been <laughs> crazy. Uh, but we'll definitely have to get Jesse back on during the uh, regular season. Yeah, and, uh, and I'll hopefully do a group discussion around yes. the end of one of the months. Yes. So. Yeah, and we we would love to get you guys on our show too. We'll we'll work that out outside of the recording. Not great. Uh, we've we've been talking about that the three of us, Zach, Andrew, and myself. We've been talking about having you guys on as well. So we got to make that happen. That'd be badass. Yeah. All right. Well, um, as as the summer off season goes, we, we we're still doing our our you know light content. We're doing a light schedule, so we're not sure when we're going to be back on. But um, if we do have a plan in store, uh, you'll certainly hear from us on the tweet machine or on Facebook. Um, but um, definitely going to have Jesse back on. Uh, if we if we get stuck and we need somebody to talk to, I can always reach out to him. So I'm I'm wicked happy about that. Always down. And oh, just let w- me know. We've also got to say we we hope Court has had a fun day. Yeah. In the uh, golf range. Yeah, and yeah, drinking beers and and eating yeah. hot dogs and hamburgers and you know those can Under those. Par, yeah. All those mulligans. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Know how it is. No offense to the to the the great country and the people that live in it up there, but man, it just seems like Canada has all kinds of holidays. It's just too much, <laughs> you know. They got to settle down a little bit. But yeah, well, the, the thing is, the thing is over here, um, it's a holiday in Scotland, but not in England. <laughs> so all the Scottish people are having a three day weekend, but all the English people they they don't have it. So <laughs> no wonder why you guys yeah. can't stand each other. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> taking all those holidays. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna call it an episode. Thank you again, everybody. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, and uh, we'll be back soon. Definitely gonna have Court back, and uh, we'll uh, arrange a possible another guest. So. Take it easy. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, everybody, and thank you very much. Don't forget to uh, listen to us on all the uh, networks that we I, subscri- I, I mentioned, and also check out the new Grandstand Sports Network at grandstandsportsnetwork.com. Uh, thank you, everybody, and have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277, at courtlalonde, and at rob40bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.